0: Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I am so glad you chose to tune in today because it is going to be another special episode interviewing a 2020 Boston mother runner about her struggle victory stories. Today's guest knows what it's like to train with a packed schedule, and she gives great tips on how to ensure time to train in busy seasons. She has three kids in competitive sports and works in the fitness industry as a personal trainer and fitness instructor. She's taught three to four classes in the morning, done one-on-one training with clients in the afternoon, and still found time and energy to get her miles in. Suzuka Hederich runs to clear her head, and her life motto is, If I can't find the answer to my problem during my long run, there won't be an answer. We talk more about this in the episode, and it's gold. She completed 14 marathons and many other races, including ultras, obstacle courses, and triathlons. She's a mother of three, ages 16, 14, and 11. She used to think those people who were running on beautiful days had nothing better to do. And she came up with excuse after excuse when she had to run in school. And now, here she is paying hefty prices to run at various races without hesitation. You're going to love this episode. It's inspiring and it's full of golden nuggets. So let's get chatting. Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm your host, Gabe Cox, and through this podcast, I'm on a mission to help you step into the fire of refinement so God can mold and transform you into a woman ready to step into your calling and crush your goals, His way. I do this by helping you overcome your mental barriers through a faith-based approach of building inner strength and resilience each episode I will bring you thought process, productivity tips, and inspirational stories from everyday people, all so you can live intentionally and move forward confidently with the gifts God has given you. As a running enthusiast, I believe that life is one massive marathon and it's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. Step into the fire with me because I know you will come out stronger. Well, welcome Suzuka, I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, I'm super excited to share your story and for you to just kind of share with listeners your struggle victory story and what running has meant to you. Um, I'd love for you just to share a little bit about your background and your family before we get kind of into it all.
1: Yeah, so first of all, I'm a mother of three children. I have 16 years old girl, 14-year-old uh, boy and 11-year-old, and I'm also a fitness professional and personal trainer. And I started running um, in 2011 when my friend wanted to do 5K, and I was the one who used to come up with a whole bunch of excuse not to run, <laughs> away from running. Totally, i get to one of those people who run on Sunday morning. Like, don't they have anything else better to do? <laughs> But um, now I use running as a
0: therapy, just my own time away from everything. I love it. How did that transition? Did it transition right when you started running? Or was it like, did it take a while for you to start feeling that way?
1: Well, I was going to do 5K. And when I say I would do it, I'm the person who puts 100% into it. So when my girlfriend said, let's do 5K in downtown Chicago, here I am, like, trying to come up with training plan to make the best of it. <laughs> and I joined my local running group, and I was ready to go. And my friends all said, let's just not do that. Skip the running part, and we're not doing 5K. So I was kind of lost, and I said, well, I got to still do it. So instead of 5K, I did 10K. <laughs> and from there, I'm like, oh, I can do a little bit more. And next year, I did half marathon. And from there, gradually, um, I still do not like first two, three miles. I always say like, why am I doing this?
0: That's funny. So that's kind of why you're a long distance runner then, right? Because you get into it and then you're feeling the flow and then it becomes your therapy. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. I always have like an old car. It takes a while to warm up and once it starts, I can go for long distance.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I almost think that's why a lot of people don't like running because they don't, take the time to get to that point because it is hard. I think the yeah. first, at least mile or two is hard. It's, it's hard to get that going and everything like that. Yeah. yeah. So, well, cool. Well, so then you, you did your first marathon a couple of years after you started running, right?
1: 2013, I did the first marathon in Chicago, supposed to be
0: one and done, bucket list. Oh yeah, that's what we all say, right? One and one marathon, yeah. but you cross that finish line and something happens. Um, tell me what your experience was like. What was your first marathon like when you crossed that finish line? What were the feelings? First time
1: I did it, I was super nervous. And it was a funny story. As I'm in that morning when I'm getting ready to go to start line. I met a group of um, Ethiopian elite runners. And they were like, so how long do you think it's going to take for you to finish? I said, well, this is my first time. I just want to finish. Somewhere around four hours and thirty minutes, and they look at me like, "Wow, that's amazing! You can run that long." And here I am thinking, "You've been around two hours and what?" <laughs> <laughs> it gave me such a hope that, um, you know, for them, they said, "I'm amazing that I can do this for four hours." And that day, I went. My one goal was just to finish. Um, that was the year Boston Bomb happened. Mm-hmm. And none of my family was able to be at the finish line. Nobody was able to stay in the finish line. So the last thought they would be able to cheer was like 25 and a half mile mark. Mm. Um, I ran right in front of my family, my husband, my kids screaming, waving, taking a video of me. I didn't even see them because I was so out of it. I didn't even know what I was doing. All I needed to do was cross that finish line. But when I crossed that finish line, I felt like, I don't know, I was like, I love it. But I felt like I got hit by a truck. Every part of my body hurt. <laughs> but I loved it. Oh. And I took a year off because I, I needed to kind of regroup and focus. And then from 2014, I ran at least once, if not two races every year.
0: Okay. And are they marathon length? Races or just any races? I've
1: done anything from marathon to ultra, but I've only done up to 50 kilometers. So my next goal is someday I would like to do 50 miles.
0: Oh, awesome. Do you have a race in mind for that?
1: Um, I've heard the lakefront in Chicago is great. So that's one thing I'm thinking. I'm not so much on the trail runner because I don't like snakes and poison ivy and all that. So
0: I don't like snakes either. Uh, we moved to Colorado, so I have done some trail running. Oh. Uh, but I feel like the paths, at least the one I'm doing, are are wide enough that I'm not going to catch a snake too often. But Go yeah, ahead. that was one of, my, one of my big worries of trail running, too, because right. I just, right. oh, they're gross. <laughs> my kids that's laugh it. at me. I have three boys. So, of course, they like snakes. Oh, wow. It's hilarious that I don't, you know, but that's okay. So I I think that's so cool that you've done an ultra. I um, have thought about it just to say I've done it. And I I have the superior 50 in mind at some point up in Minnesota, but uh, we'll see if it happens. Cause I don't know if I'm going to be able to do all those miles. We'll see. I think you can, if you put your mind to it, but. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We always have a little bit more intent, right? Exactly. And that's the thing. I think that's, that's one thing about running that I love is that, Um, you know you feel the pain and you feel the exhaustion but at the even at the finish line you can sprint a little faster which means that you still had more in your tank and you just you don't know what you don't know right and and you want to kind of hold on to it but I think that there's something special about running for that reason because I don't know if we'll ever know what we're capable of because I don't know if we'll ever get to those points.
1: And I think we always um, our minds stop ourselves. We are physically far capable, a lot farther than what we are doing. But in a watch, in a mind keeps stopping us from achieving that goal.
0: Yes, I agree. Mindset yeah. is huge. I think mental training, I, I'm very passionate about mental training, but I think mental training is just as important as the physical training because we have to uh you know believe that we can do it. We have to train our mind to when that pain comes, that exhaustion and pain comes, that we can keep going. And obviously, knowing if it's pain that we need to stop or if it's pain that is okay to push through. But the mind is a muscle.
1: I I used to think all those elite runners and fast runners or Boston runners, I thought they run pain free. I just
0: thought they're just born to run. I'm so much in pain, but they must enjoy it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. They look pain-free, right? I've seen that. that yeah. You watch yes, the end of the race feel. and
1: you can't tell. Until 2018 though, when Des Linden was running in the rain and when she was shivering and biting her lips and I thought, Ooh,
0: maybe she's in pain too. <laughs> yeah. You, you see that they're not immortal, right? That but, they really are human and as human. Yes. Maybe they're pushing their pace faster, but it doesn't mean that they're not experiencing the things that we experience on the race course. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so funny. I love it. I'm glad I'm not the only one that thinks that way because I've got to be like, what? They don't even look like they're, it's hard. I don't, I want to look like that. (laughs) I know they're bouncing and so fast and. Yes. Oh, that's so funny. So your first marathon um, was, was a success obviously because you ran more. Uh, when did oh, you yes. decide that, like, qualifying for the Boston Marathon was a goal that you had?
1: I don't think um, until when I first ran 2013. That was my one and only goal was just to finish. I didn't care about the time, and and when I first started to run Boston, I mean marathon, I didn't even know what was Boston Marathon all about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And as I started to like, run half marathon, and especially that 2013 with Boston bombs, that's when I started to learn, oh, like, you need to qualify, uh, nice. or you need to raise a lot of money to run those races. But I always thought, I'm just doing marathon, and then there is a very fast people who does Boston, but that was never on my path, because mm-hmm. I never mm-hmm. thought I could reach that, and I never thought I was one of them.
0: Yeah. So when did you figure out, Hey, maybe I, maybe I'm capable of this. When, when did that become a reality? 2016, um,
1: I ran Chicago marathon and I ran to raise, um, money for one of my friends who lost her son. Mm. And I thought, um, I'm going to run for him. I had his picture. I had his tattoo, his name. And I was just, this race is not about me for him. And, Maybe my one, my Garmin watch went blank, oh, so no. I just did not know where am I running and how fast I was running. I just kept going, and I'm like, I'm not doing this for myself. I'm gonna do everything I got, um, and run hard, just like he felt his cancer. Mm-hmm. And when I crossed the finish line, I did obviously I did not know what time I finished. That year, my goal was maybe I was able to go sub four because something that's so big about running marathon is sub four. So that was my goal. I crossed the finish line. I look up the clock and clock said 358, 50 something. And I'm like, oh, I did it, less than four hours. And then when I, oh, did that clock start when I started or did that clock start when Elite started? I wasn't sure. I called my husband and said, I just finished. And he goes, you did really great. You missed Boston by three minutes. Wow. And that's the first time I said, maybe I need to train harder. Maybe Boston is in my reach. Yeah. And 2016, that was October. In 2017, I made a goal and I trained hard and I failed miserably. I went back to like 4 something,
0: <laughs>
1: four, 15, 4 15, something like that. I'm like, oh shoot, maybe Boston wasn't my game. But the difference was I always had an excuse.
0: Oh. I
1: TV, my kids had this. I wasn't able to do this. And I maybe wasn't ready to reach that star. And 2018, I say I'm gonna do this one more time. I'm gonna be a very selfish, mom. And we can I may miss the breakfast with my family, but this is important for me. And I'm gonna do this one last time. Try very hard this five months of training. And if I fail it, I'm gonna be okay with it, but let me try hard. And my family was very supportive. Mm. And in April, um, I watched Boston Marathon 2018, people running in rain and monsoon, and um, it touched me. And week later was my race day to qualify for Boston. And I run that race and it was downpouring, just like Boston. And I kept picturing mm-hmm. Des Linden's face, and I kept asking why am I doing this and I said hold on I owe myself everything I got to succeed this I put five months sacrifice my missing my breakfast with my kids or maybe games or meats or whatnot so I I said this is your last one just do it I put every excuse aside and I ran and I made a Boston with nine minutes cushion. Wow, that's awesome! One picture. That was the one uh, moment I knew I made it when I crossed the finish line. My heart was full.
0: Oh, I bet.
1: My my best friend was there, and it was amazing.
0: What was? What were your emo? Do you remember your emotions as you crossed the finish line?
1: Um, I was so tired last maybe last mile. I'm like, oh. Maybe this is, wasn't meant to be. I, I just have to keep doing it. And my husband's like screaming, you have mile left. No more excuse. Just go. And I just, it was very small race. So I could see in every spectator, you know, and I ran. And when I crossed that, knowing I made it, I was so relieved and I was so proud of myself. Um, I'm the kind of person, it was never good enough. Like whatever I do was not good enough because I always have a high expectation for myself. But that time I'm like, I did it. This is good enough. And, but then like, oh, nine minutes and 57 seconds. Shoot, I should be 33 <laughs> seconds faster. Isn't that, runners do that, don't we? <laughs> uh, then I missed the week, you know, the week one, week two, week three, like Boston um, application process. But no, I was happy.
0: I love it. I love it. I think there's something about that because like my first time I qualified, it was uh three thirty oh six. Yeah. And it was a good I mean, it was about five minute buffer, but I'm going, Oh, six seconds. I could have yeah. been three, three, you know, it's just the way think and it's probably how what drives us to the next one and the next one because we're never satisfied Absolutely. (laughs) so after you qualified for Boston obviously I mean you had to sacrifice some things like breakfasts on Saturdays with your family and different things um how did you bring your kids along on your journey on your goal what did what did they experience when you hit a goal um kids knew
1: this was important for me and they always ask, like, why you want to do this? What are you going to get out of it? Or like, do you want to, you know, that kind of a question. And I said, this is, I just want a validation that I can do it too, because there is, you know, 30,000 people run Boston Marathon every year. And I just not good at raising money. So I'm like, this is one way to get this Boston ticket. So I want to do it. And... You know, they, they knew, um, sometimes they ask, like, how many miles, mom, how are you doing? Or what time are you coming home? Or, you know, I try to go super early, so I get home before the activities that I don't miss it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you, to
1: know, with, you know, and like they knew our Friday, pasta night, oh, mom, have a long, you know, run tomorrow, we get to eat pasta again. <laughs>
0: I love it. <laughs> I love it how and they equate dinner to what we're running. <laughs>
1: they say oh thank goodness your marathon's over we're sick and tired of your pasta dinner on friday
0: that's hilarious we're like i just want tacos or whatever yeah yeah (laughs) so i know that you have um three are in competitive sports um what is that i mean what was that like well are they all in the same sport are they all different no so my oldest is a competitive swimmer okay
1: and she just had a high school conference. She did amazing this past weekend. My son is in travel Ice hockey.
0: Okay. And,
1: um, during the season, which is now, as my girls usually joke, like our family uh, interrupted by hockey season because his hockey uh, schedule is insane. But his love for hockey is far bigger than my love for running. I respect that. Um, and my youngest, um, she started as a gymnast, and now she started to um, have a passion for basketball. So that's what she's working on. But I'm still counting on one of them will become a runner someday. Yeah. <laughs> so I get to run. Um, my oldest runs sometimes, but she never wanted to run with me. She said I talk too much. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> so um, nobody run with me, but that's okay. And I usually um use my running time just for myself sometimes i get to run with my friends but um now that's my time to either make um i teach fitness class so i usually make like workout plan during my run Uh, i make a shopping list while i run (laughs) i don't necessarily remember what was on my list but at least i go through what i need Um, yeah and sometimes you know life Throw the curveball. I'll think about it during the long run about relationship, friendship, and, you know, problem with kids and whatnot. And I said to myself, like, if I'm going out for running for hour and a half, think about that problem, and cannot have a solution, then there won't be one. So let's just forget about it, move on. And, you know,
0: that's kind of my philosophy. I love that it is it's kind of reflection time for me I'm kind of similar I like to um, I get revelations or I just have this time to reflect on what's going on in life or um, I come up with things I write about while I'm running it's it's so funny how that inspiration comes and I always say people always ask me why I run and stuff I'm like well I solve the world's problems well yeah. but no one listens <laughs> yeah. yeah but that's how it is This episode is brought to you by my book, Mind Over Marathon, Overcoming Mental Barriers in the Race of Life. If you feel like you just need a mindset shift because you are going after a goal and need some direction and encouragement, this book is for you. It will help you to ignite a passion and purpose in your life, clarify your unique game plan, and build confidence in who you are. At the end of each chapter are a quick faith devotional, thought-provoking questions, and a practical application that you can implement immediately. This book is about discovering a dream and taking it from inception to a flourishing finish. Running is optional. You can snag two free chapters at www.redhotmindset.com slash mind over marathon. Dream huge. And remember you are a winner. Just run your race. So you're, and you're a fitness uh, professional. Yes. You, your schedule when you were training has been pretty crazy, right? You you'll and That's
1: teach- the hardest part to balance because um, before this pandemic, mm-hmm. I used to teach anywhere from two to three classes a day, an hour long. And that's usually starts at nine o'clock. And, you know, before when my kids were actually physically going to school, um, I have my oldest leaves at 6: thirty, my middle one goes to leave to 7: thirty. my youngest one leaves at 8 thirty and then I leave to teach.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And sometimes I and then right after that, I'm also a personal trainer, so I train people. And the only time I'm able to run is either 4 thirty or five o'clock in the morning or middle of the afternoon and where I am, I live in Chicago suburb of Chicago. It's either super hot or super cold and ice. <laughs> Right. So often I had you know, two hours running the treadmill or I just go out and run outside like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. But that's the only time I have, again, I have to put that excuse aside. You're going to do this, it doesn't matter. And one of my friends once told me, there's never a bad weather. It's the bad clothes you have on. If it's hot, take it off. If it's cold, wear more layers and go out and run which is true. So yeah. I start to do that and I start to enjoy that time alone. And But sometimes it is hard for my body because I'm not 20 years old anymore. So teaching two, three classes and training and then run two hours, I really needed to focus on often on stretching mm. and foam rolling and soak up in the bathtub. Cause if I neglect those, I have to pay for the price. <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Because when you're you're teaching your classes, I'm assuming you're kind of doing the workout with them. You might not be going all yeah. out, but I used to teach fitness classes too. I kind of when I was trying to qualify the first time and I felt the same. It was like I was almost overworking myself. So how do you balance that and make um, sure that you're not overtraining?
1: So on Friday, so if Saturday is my 20 mile or 60 miles run. On Friday, strength class, I go a little bit lighter weight, but I do still do cross-training. Um, and then the members, you know, if I know the members knows my cue, I can maybe just do eight reps instead of 30 reps with them. And I kind of cheated that way. So I can have my little rest prepare for the next run. Then I was always honest with my client and my members and say, hey, I have 20 matters tomorrow. So... I'm going light, but you go heavy. And they're like, oh, here we
0: go. She's running again. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. They, they understand. They they, they understand. Really not understand they, the they, runner life. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and they see me sometime on the street. and gave me a little honk, uh, you know, little cheers. And yes.
0: I love it. So, with uh, balancing competitive sports and your work schedule, uh, what are some tips that you have? What are some things that worked for you in order to be able to get everything in but still be present with your family?
1: So my kids comes first. I always know, but that doesn't mean I can be present at their practice, every practice, but I try not to miss games and meet. So I put that on the schedule and I put my work and my training around it. That means sometimes, yes, you've got to get up Super early. Mm -hmm. And, you know, usually I have my clothes in the bathroom so I can kind of sneak out from the bedroom and bring the change downstairs and change quickly and then quickly go out of the house. And sometimes I just have to circle in front of my house until the sun goes, you know, comes up so I can go a little bit farther up because, you know, we female runners have to be careful um, to go out and run in the dark. Yeah. And not necessary. my friends want to wake up at 4 o'clock and run with me. So, mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, I remember um, Saturday, I only had that particular time window to do my 18 miles run. It was downpouring, it was dark, so I have to do on the treadmill. So I did like six miles, and I kind of went outside six miles, come back in six more miles. And, you know, you have to play around and do what you got to do. and I also um, made a piece, sometimes your training says 16 miles, but if you can only do 14 miles, that is okay. Mm. You know, we just have to do best.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Because I think sometimes we get so rigid in our training where it's like, well, yeah. it says that I have to do this, so I have to do this. And then we freak yeah. out. Actually, that's probably worse for us than just saying, you know what? This is what I can do today. So I think that's great that you were able to do that Um, because I have been both ways. I've been very rigid with my training where I was like to a T, I have to get here. And then I've been like more recently, I'm kind of like, I'm going to do my training, but it might look differently than what I completely want. You know, like I just have to go with whatever, because what's more important to me is my family, you know, and different things. So I have to prioritize. And I think that's something that you're you're talking about you're talking about that prioritizing but you're also talking about the fact that if you want it bad enough you're going to find the time there is time in your day to get in whatever it is that you want to do it's a matter it's of
1: all about planning because you know i have a client who always we moms do everything for kids if kids have a soccer game or a football game a hockey game we put that in the calendar make sure you know our children get to the place where they need to be, but then comes to our own running or training, or maybe going to the gym, we kind of say, oh, we didn't just make it. No, we're gonna put that in the calendar too and make it happen. Yes. You know, we have to be, um, we have to take care of ourselves and we have to be happy to make someone else happy. And that's, I think I learned that along this journey of um, chasing unicorn, like we said, right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, and to me, I always had, here is marathoners, and that's who I am, and there was Boston Marathoners. And I so wanted to be in that circle. And because Boston is so special and so historical event, and I feel like that was important to me, but for someone else that may not be it you know just to get to the gym is important then put that in the calendar and make it
0: happen right right because yeah. everyone's goals look different and it's okay for your goal not to be this right. extravagant thing it's yeah. just important to prioritize staying healthy yes yeah. you know those that's a good goal in itself um so what made boston so special for you what made what drove you to do well, 2013
1: video. was my first marathon and that Boston bomb hit me really hard because number one there were so many people who weren't able to finish that race and we I think marathon is the sports that we train four months to six months for one day event you know every other sport you have game this week and you have game next week but marathon is one time and then there's no more or your body has to rest and retrain for another one and i said like oh that just breaks my heart that they couldn't ever to finish and but when i see that boston strong came along and boston runners unite so strongly i thought like oh i when i experienced that i want to be part of that history just one year and that was my goal and i told my husband too, i just want to do boston one year and my husband of course said yeah yeah you just say one year and watch this <laughs> and sure enough i went 2019 was my first boston marathon and obviously i registered for 2020 boston
0: marathon <laughs> and i'm hoping to go back in 2021 but I love it. I lo- I, and that's so funny because my husband did the same thing. He just kind of laughed at me when I said, oh, I think this is my last marathon or whatever. You know, yeah. he's like, uh-huh, I believe that when I see it. But yeah. I think there's something about that 2013 uh, Boston because, um, so I tried to qualify in 2012. I didn't hit it, uh, but people were messaging me on that day. Like, are you there? Are you okay? Because oh. they thought, you know, they knew that was a goal of mine. And I think it drove me more too. It almost became, I say it almost became a duty. But it, it, to me, it was, like, more American pride, too, along yeah. with it, where it, it just gave it a little bit more specialness, a little bit more drive of, like, I have to do this now, you know? I don't know if yeah, you felt...
1: And then I remember 2013 when I ran Chicago, my son at that time, he was six or seven years old, looked at me and said, Mom, how do you know you get to cross the finish line? What if you die?
0: Oh.
1: And that, you know broke my heart. And I said, son, we cannot be afraid. Yeah, You know, we need to do this and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna meet you with the metal on my neck. And that's what I did. So when I went to Boston Marathon, my oldest wasn't able to come, but my younger two children came. My oldest did not wanna miss high school work and catch up all that. So my two younger children with my husband came and they said, they thought this was the biggest festival that they ever been to and they said this was amazing they love the expo, they love the energy from the city and they got to watch I mean really first class elite runners because they were cheering, they were spectating the race and they said it was amazing, they were
0: so fast yeah, that's awesome I love when we can bring our kids in on our goals and bring up to experience it because I think there's something about it and I think it's motivational for them too to see us win you know to see us. I-
1: and I you know always tell my kids I said look mommy I was not always good at running but I try hard and training makes us stronger mm-hmm. so even the day you may not feel it but you got to work harder for your goal mm-hmm. and If I can send that message to my kids and leading by example, I think that is good.
0: Yeah, I love it. And I love leading by example. So tell me a little bit about your 2019 experience. Like, tell me about the race. What was it like? Have a goal? Did you just want to experience it? Um, You know, in
1: Chicago Marathon, when I register, usually you get the wave, and I'm like wave one, and C means third one from the start, and Boston Marathon, I was like wave three, like all the way back of the pack, and Boston Marathon, you don't get to start until later, so I'm starting like 10.30, mm-hmm. um, but Expo, I was super excited, um, I see all those people with Boston Marathon jacket on, and I didn't wear mine, because um, I always believe I need to finish it in order to wear, it. that's only me. This is a celebration jacket. You earn it. Please wear it. That, but that's just me. I want to finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the expo, I look at all those people. Like I was a ninth grader on the school bus. And I was super nervous. Like everyone looks super fast. And I'm like a freshman in the high school. <laughs> um, you know, but I just loved it. I went that race. I said to myself, now enjoy every moment. Take a picture. Soak up. And I high-fived all the strangers, all the kids, dogs, Santa Claus, and <laughs> things, screaming kind of with the girl. I did not kiss the girls. I didn't go that far. <laughs> but I enjoyed it um, every minute of it. So um, 2019, but where I trained for marathon, now I know why people call it Chicago is a pancake race. because. We don't have heels like that. And right. oh boy, my quads, my hamstring, my ribcage, everything was hurting next day. But that medal, I earned it.
0: Oh my gosh. There's nothing like it. So yeah. you crossed the finish line. Did I mean, what went through your mind? Did you go, I want to do this again? Did you, what What were you um,
1: So the, during the race, when I hit the big hill, I said to the person that I don't even know, we are kind of talking the next one, I said, this is the heartbreak hills. and the lady said this is nothing hill there's no name for it because this is doesn't consider hills in boston and here i like oh shoot i'm in big trouble and i kept running so when it was like up and down when i saw that finish line i was done i was like i have nothing left yeah <laughs> and when the volunteer gave me a medal um Yes, I I cried and I was so happy and but it was downpouring rain so you know from there I did not know I have to walk like two miles to get reunited with family and I did not know where my families were but yes we found each other later and I probably wear that uh, medal for a long time.
0: Yeah, yeah that's so cool. There's nothing like the first experience. And I'm glad that you just enjoyed it too and yeah. just took it all in because um, that's my unfinished business. I didn't do that my first marathon uh, at, or my first Boston. So I want to go back and just experience it. Um, so, you know, you qualified again for 2020 and excitement comes with the fact that, hey, we're going to do this. Uh, you know, family's going to come, whatever it is. But then we find out it is essentially canceled what were your first thoughts when you heard that news
1: i knew it's coming but when boston marathon announced that officially it crushed me Mm -hmm. because at that time you know everything was canceled and our training already started so we were already halfway in in this training and now they're telling us there is no marathon and my friends and my family all say well you knew it and i said yes i knew it but i had a hope and it really broke me down to pieces and i had choices to make whether i'm just gonna stop and give my body a rest Mm-hmm. or I will continue to run, um, but at that time, weather was nice here in Illinois, but we did not know how much longer we could actually um, run outside, because any day, city could say shut down, and you need to stay, so I was saying to my husband, like, I think he's the one who always say you need to slow down, take a break, you know, your body needs rest, when I said, I think I'm going to stop and get body much needed rest. My husband like, oh no, you're not stopping now. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. He probably did not want to need to stop because he thinks that she doesn't run. She's going to go crazy.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, well, you're right. And he goes, you will always going to have an access to outside. They're not going to shut street down. And if so, do it until that happens. So that's what I did. And I continued to train but not as 100%, um, you know, because I knew races cancel. So I kind of did a um, little bit less effort, may say, um, but I did run. I decided to continue um, to train and decided to do my own Boston Marathon here in my hometown um, that patriots weekend.
0: Oh, and I did.
1: Awesome.
0: So what what was that like? Did you have people? Did, at um, did you have cheer sections? So
1: I only told um,
0: my family and maybe
1: uh, not even my friends. I only said a few of running friends because they understand. Um, my friends I mean, understand but if you're not a runner, you really don't know the depths of 26.2. And I, you know, I did not want to bother their weekend. Um, so I said to one of my running friends and one another. So one friend surprised me and made a cheer uh, section like mile nine. That was super cool. I started um, right in front of my house. And all of a sudden my husband like, oh, cause I say, I'm going. And he goes, oh, no, you're not going. And he started to play national anthem. And he um, read the little letters. And, you know, I'm like, don't make me cry. I still have to do 26.2. And um, off I went. And that was my first 26.2 by myself. Oh. Um, there was no aid station. It was hard. I've, that was harder than any marathon that I've ever done.
0: Yeah, you don't have any atmosphere. You don't have the no, adrenaline and, or any of that. Yeah,
1: and you know that mile twenty twenty one when your body tells you like slow down or stop or give up, there's no cheer saying you can do this or there's no funny sign that somebody's holding to make me smile. And it was rough, but. I just I don't like our finished business and I knew my family's waiting so I came home and all three children and my husband actually and my kids made a homemade finish line with Boston unicorn on the street and had a blue and yellow ribbons which I didn't even know and they actually are um, waiting for me outside and my kids like hurry up mom we've been here too long. <laughs> So I got to finish it and that was nice.
0: That's really cool. I love that. Yeah. And I love that that they were like excited about helping you with that.
1: Yeah. And then um I made a little um like announcement in Facebook page to my friends that, you know, Boston's cancel, but why don't we all run together and make like um you know, this is supposed to be 124th marathon. Can we run 124 miles together? And all of a sudden I'm like, I'll do two miles, I'll do three miles. And next thing I know, like, oh, it's already 300 miles stretch. Well, can we do 1,000 miles? And actually, um, I created a group page and over a 1,000 people from all over the world joined. And I don't even know half of the people in that group because it was just a, words of mouth, and people join and together, like, we run over, like, 5,000 miles on that Patriot Monday. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing, amazing experience. I love that. Wow. So, we made it special.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that, because you didn't let your training go to waste, either. You might as well uh, use it and, and enjoy it, and then, you know, so, it was postponed and then canceled. So did you keep training then after that for September and then?
1: Yes. September, you know, I booked the hotel. I was going to go and I trained. And this time I was very hopeful because this is already, you know, April to September, five months later, I thought it's going to happen. So I did start training. Yes. Yes. I did doubt a little bit, but um, I kept training, and this time, mentally, I knew what's like to run 26.2 all by myself, Mm. and I actually did not tell anyone, this time I'm going to do it, because I didn't even know I'm going to, I trained for it, but I wasn't sure which day I'm going to do it, because Boston gave us, like, two weeks window, Mm. but then, the night before, I told my husband, "Like, well, kid's calendar is clear tomorrow. I'm really mentally, I'm done. I'm gonna go tomorrow. Wake up, and I'm gonna run 26.2." So no one knew, and I just and this time I knew how horrible this is gonna be, or how how hard it is to run 26.2. So I, I was mentally prepared, mm-hmm. right? I was concerned about physical part, but mentally I was ready. So. It wasn't as hard as my first virtual race this time, and uh, my body reacted pretty well. So um, I ran and I was glad it was done, but yeah, I completed
0: And then you got to wear the jacket. Well, no, I didn't. I waited until today to meet
1: you for the special moment because I don't know, I felt very really awkward because Boston, I know how hard the Boston courses and I was telling my friend, like, first time when I did it in April, my friend said, well, you need to wear it. You run 26.2. And I'm like, I don't know if that's count. You know, I was just in hometown. I don't know. And then this September one, I said, I'm going to wear it. I did two virtual. I earned it. But then still, like, ooh, there's no one around. Do I wear this? But today, when I get to meet you and talk to you about my love of running, I'm like this is it. This is the day I'm gonna put I my it. arms to the sleeves and yeah.
0: Because you do deserve to wear it because you qualified yeah. and you were supposed to be there. You know we and were all supposed is, to be there. But
1: it's a celebration jacket, so we need to celebrate our accomplishment. Even though it wasn't Hopkinton to Boston, right? You know it's 26.2. It's
0: 26.2. And I think it's um it almost probably was harder than yes, being in Boston it was because. Harder i mean you're by yourself some people got to run with others but most of us ran by ourselves and i do think that was harder because you just don't have the atmosphere and the cheering sections and the things to keep you going and the music and um you know just the historic part of boston so we definitely deserve to wear that yes and i'm so glad to have this yes so tell me um Obviously, 2020 looked completely different. None of us were at the start line in Hopkintown. But what would have made 2020 Boston your victory run?
1: Well, when I decided to register for 2020 Boston, um, you know, 2019 was for me to enjoy the race. In 2020, I had one goal I wanted to qualify for Boston in Boston. Mm. and that was my goal and that's why I trained hard but then with everything shut down and everything started to cancel running was the only thing that was the normal part of my life Mm. you know everything was so still till this day um it's just different Mm. and so you know my goal for 2020 Boston virtual was just to keep my part of normal life running part, um, just keep going.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that's one thing that is special about running. Running yeah. never got I mean, the races got canceled, but running yeah. never got canceled. It was something, I mean, my boy, my two oldest boys are competitive gymnasts. And while they oh. weren't able to be in the gym, I could still run. So I was yeah. really grateful for that. I felt yeah. bad. I mean, because I'm watching them not being able to do what they love because there's not much you can do outside of the gym in gymnastics. Yeah. And I still got to do what I loved. So I tried to be so grateful for what I had in that because it is my therapy. And when okay. I don't get it, I am crabby. So
1: <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you. Like my daughter, you know, my oldest who's a swimmer. We don't have a swimming pool for her to practice. And she didn't get to do any of that. And my youngest at that time was doing gymnastics um, you know, on Zoom with coaches. Yes. And that was so heartbreaking. But here I am. I'll just put a pair of shoes and go outside. And I still get to log in my miles. And I think I was so thankful that I had healthy legs to do so.
0: Right. Exactly. And I think that's something that this year we can, I don't think we'll ever take what we do for granted again. Yes. Because yes. this year has shown us that it can be taken away in a moment. And so...
1: Um, yeah it's so sad that this fall because you know I live in Illinois so Chicago Marathon October is my marathon every single year since 2013 and it is so weird not to go in that you know along with 45,000 people um, and I hope one day we'll get back to it
0: yeah I think sooner than later I definitely have faith in that but I agree it's kind of you can't really plan anything right now you just have to wait it out and see what happens so now um you know 2021 is kind of up in the air about what's going to happen but do you do you have some unfinished business at boston you want to go qualify at boston so i'm guessing that 2019 2020 isn't going to be the end of you being there are you going to work toward another boston
1: i'm going to do one more boston 2021 i hope to get back and I qualify in Boston, whether I will go back to run with that qualifying time or not, um, I would like to just hit that goal and decide. And, you know, I start to think, like, I want to enjoy this running for many years to come. So may not necessarily always chasing the time goal, Mm -hmm. because that takes a lot mentally and physically. Um, But I would like to do maybe 50 milers or we'll see. Yeah. But definitely
0: Boston is in my book. I love it. I love it. So if you could share uh, one piece of advice or a tip for listeners just on achieving a goal or, you know, going after it, no matter what, what would that be?
1: Um, I always say three Ds. That's dedication determination, and discipline. When you have that and you need to want it so badly so that you will take every step to reach that goal.
0: Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. It was so fun, Suzuka. I'm so glad that you were able to chat with me here today. I hope you had a good time, but I think my listeners if they were listening, they got a lot out of it. There were a lot of really great tidbits in there as well. Well, thank you so much for having me. We packed a lot into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you found those gold nuggets that Suzuka shared, I love that she shared these tips on how to train in the busy season and just the inspiration that she exudes and the go after it, let's get it done kind of attitude. The other takeaway that I had in this conversation is talking about how to not be rigid with our training plans or even with our goals. There has to be flexibility in there because life happens. And sometimes we do need to adjust. Sometimes we can't get the 18 miles in, but we can get 14 and that is okay. It's okay to not always hit exactly what the plan says because as long as we're making progress, and doing something, we are making progress. So don't think you have to be super rigid in the plan. The plan is good and it's there to help you, but it's not there to be the end all be all. I hope you take this mindset with you this week. I hope it encourages you in your own goals and in whatever it is that God is working in your life today. In all things I pray, that you just run your race. I believe in you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. This will make sure you have access to all future episodes so you don't miss any of them. If you resonated with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify as reviews are an important part of growing this podcast. If you have any friends or family who you think would enjoy this podcast, be sure to take a screenshot and share it with them. And if you're not a part of the free Mindful Mamas online community, consider joining us. It's a community built to provide support, mindset, and encouragement as you develop your giftings, live intentionally, and go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to www.redhotmindset.com to check out the show notes and find the link to join the community. I hope you step into the fire with me each and every episode because I know you will come out stronger. That's all for now. Talk with you real soon. Bye, winner.